know, I like this idea of just like we need Italy as a country just become like ridiculously reactionary and fascist just so like it will make Jan Fleischauer have good takes on things. If his like only political position is to be contrarian to Italians. Italians. Well I was reading I was Googling Beppe Grillo, as one does. And oh, then yeah. I saw something come up about how Beppe Grillo is the new Benito Mussolini, so I clicked on it. And it was actually on Fleischer article, and I was like, wow, it was in English and everything. But it wasn't, it was from like six or whenever, 2013. Yeah. Oh, right, back six when years Beppe ago. Grillo was yeah, relevant. Yeah. So yeah, it wasn't yeah. like, it didn't have that like raw, like, like wild and out energy. He was just sort of like, some people think it's necessary. Wait, okay. wait, 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 wait. You're He's saying a that then that it... Like, it sounded like very, very cucked, I gotta say. From okay, but you're saying that the article that then was titled about how Pepe, wait, Beppe, like it was just the headline and then the article itself was actually very like it didn't have the classic Jan Fleischauer there were no slurs maybe it's because it was in English he didn't know how to tap into his to his wild German energy it doesn't yeah you don't have like your uh, your um, uh, slurs for Italian American dictionary next to you so (laughs) Um, that's weird though that you'd have a title that like just stupid and then just have like a normal in the end it was like yeah and he's just like benito mussolini like he also said that he wasn't a party he was a movement because the parties couldn't were like corrupt i i i need to find this because i only found out recently that um uh five years ago yeah here we go okay uh five years ago yeah uh matteo salvini did like a half naked photo shoot for the purposes of a calendar that's fucking sexy. Uh, here's yeah, a- I, I knew that you weren't on the mailing list. I signed up. I signed up to. <laughs> what? What the fuck is this? I signed up up to Salvini's Substack, he's, and he was sending that out. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I don't understand why this happens. It was like it's the beginning of this article that I have saved about like how things have changed within Italy since you know it was Lega Nord and now it's La Lega. I was like, yeah, I've been I've been around since then, paying attention to European politics. I've been like. I know some of these changes, but this is something that weirdly fell under the radar for me. It was too hot. They had to censor it. Yeah. Burning it, giant piles of this picture. It's a, uh, the, the profits received to this are being donated to a hospital in Milan, which I kid you not is called Buzzy. <laughs> <laughs> Just with Z's and an I instead of S's and a Y. <laughs> the Buzzy hospital in oh, Milan. I love it. I love living la vida Lego. <laughs> Oh, beautiful, beautiful stuff. I love it a bit. Ooh, hey, welcome to your weekly corner spatey. Um, I'm Nick. There's Kieran over there. I found out this week that if you go to a McDonald's drive-thru with a shopping cart, they can't stop you. What? <laughs> <laughs> a shopping cart is an acceptable vehicle for a McDonald's drive-thru. Finally. Is that true or is that just your joke? Only if it's diesel-powered. I mean, I've seen it. Oh, okay. <laughs> I've seen it been done. Hell yeah. And Rob's over there in the corner. Hey, I'm living La Vida Lega and the shirt's the color mocha. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that works. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and yeah, we're gonna be uh, we're gonna be ta- speaking of of you know authority, power, and all those cool things. Uh, we're gonna be talking about a uh, uh, what you army today. We're not really sure what we're gonna be talking about. We're know, gonna find yeah. out as, yeah. as this goes. I've I've collected a lot of um, articles from our favorite publication, The Economist. Yep. And we're just gonna go through them and eventually talk about the EU army. Cool. Yeah, I mean, it's just it's going to come up because The Economist is if 
you're the one who broke his the raw broke his brain on these but i'm imagining they're real horny for this concept yeah yeah okay, cool. the economist well, is horny for like anything that then is just like in five years they're gonna have to like write an article about like why, why they held that really bad position yeah they <laughs> they're like national they're like because national review has the same like vibe as well of like apartheid cool idea or like you know pro, they're like, like pro segregation i think and shit like that like ever since the history of that magazine has existed in the u.s they've had every bad take that you can have the economist is the exact same just like a little bit more higher brow because yeah. it just has a name that makes it sound like it's smart well the thing about the economist and they're like slavish devotion to the free trade ideology since 1843 is that they try to be like optimistic the sun's always shining liberal capitalism is lifting all like all boats but like liberal capitalism occasionally they'll just wild the fuck out and for one year they'll just be want to murder everybody yeah uh there and then was... they're like that was that was weird let's not do that again that that that's the old me <laughs> whoops yeah you always get these like uh um there was one article from them the other day too that was like um uh pretty much just like green lighting islamophobia in like every sense it's like do we really need muslims <laughs> you know and it was like how uh, when 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 can you tell a muslim not to wear their uh their their headscarf oh that was the economist yeah that was oh. the economist yeah that was that was definitely a fucking wild and out take there yeah. was a weirdly related but there was a um a conference I went to where they were discussing the question of like uh, basically they were discussing the question like would there be an ecological impact if we got rid of all the mosquitoes and it basically came down to the answer of which I found very surprising no we could actually get rid of all the mosquitoes and there would be no like actual problems good anything that eats mosquitoes also eats other things blah 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 but I just imagine the economist is just that except the opening question was is there an ecological impact if we got rid of all the Muslims <laughs> God damn it. All right, before we do that, though. It's time. It's time again for a recurring section, Megarica. Hell yeah. Where we discuss one of Europe's obscenely wealthy people and why they're just really fucking dumb. In the country this week is the free trade zone of The Economist. <laughs> um, yeah, right? Okay, so for anyone who doesn't know, I'm going to tell the two beautiful boys here today with us uh, the net worth. Uh, yeah, Yulia may be swinging by later. We don't. Yeah, know. she might be able to pop in uh, and steal. She went for a coffee an hour ago. She's never coming back. Yeah, yeah guys, I'm just going to go get a coffee. Just breaking up with our <laughs> podcast. Get a pack of smokes. Yeah, <laughs> Yulia is our father. Um, yeah, so I'm going to tell you about the how much money this person has, how they made their money, and three pieces of information about them. These are big ass pieces of information today, so let's let's deal with this. Please don't fuck around today. Like, I want some big bucks. You want some big bucks? Yeah. And you said they're complex, so please chew the pieces of information and drop them in our mouths like baby birds. <laughs> All right. So net worth seven point four billion. Okay, that's acceptable. Yeah. Made their money in. I want to say fashion. Right. Same. All right. Fact number one. He owns a large farm in his native country, mostly for the farmhouse purposes. And the farm and proper is a part of a food brand in his native country that keeps making a roughly three three hundred and seventy-seven thousand loss every year for the last sixteen years. He's been bankrolling this farm and this like food brand for the purposes of keeping his very luxurious farming house. He also has a shoe chain that in 
the last eight years of ownership has been losing about a million dollars worth of deficit every year. He also launched an online grocery shop in his native country that has also been making yearly losses of about $12 million each year. Who the fuck? What the fuck? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, right? God, no one can tell me now that, like, like, in order to be a fucking, you know, millionaire or billionaire, you know, just a small business owner who fucking knows what their shit, you know, like, got their shit down, made their money. That you have to be like in any way smart or capable of doing anything because clearly that guy is fucking stupid. I'm assuming it's a guy, right? Yeah, yeah, they're all okay. yeah. There's one woman in here. Oh, so we 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 finally you know we finally broke the uh, the, the the glass ceiling. Yes. Okay. Cool. We'll, we'll talk about her when we get to her. I guess <laughs> it's like Trump, where they're like um, they're losing tons of money every year, and they're like. I actually don't have any money. I'm actually really poor. While they have like golden toilets and stuff, <laughs> like this very like alienated feeling from what actual wealth is, because it's like you see the numbers. The numbers don't lie. I'm losing money. Yeah, it's it's buck wild. Like it's amazing how I couldn't find any of this information until I went to like press in his native country, because like yeah, the rest of the world just seems seems to love everything he does, but like in his native country, they're a bit more like. He keeps losing money in all these other businesses he puts his money into. Ah, so it's Bono. (laughs) (laughs) No, that's the reverse. Um, Fact number two. He loves his weird building projects. Under under the protected farm estate that he owns, he has a two-story underground house that he gained planning permission by setting up a deal to build in the same municipality a huge head office for his business. Uh, this building has been described as the Eye of Sauron, or even its own city, mainly because the head office slash building is going to be built in a small rural town with a population of 7,000 people, but itself will be uh, 645,000 square meters, contains shops, cafes, petrol stations, and office spaces. This project will be named after his company. Literally, the place will be called Company Name Village. I can't tell you the company name, though, obviously. Yeah. Uh, the building would be 320 meters high and would be the tallest building in this region of Europe. Many opponents to the building from a local economy, local economy environmentalist or architectural position have complained that the town's local paper won't publish their views comparing worship of the company to be almost a religion. The paper reports there are no oppositions to the project. <laughs> all right wait that is a lot to digest you didn't you didn't chew it up i got okay. it you're just so fucking dumb. there is i have a picture for this there's fact. already the eye of sauron building no no it hasn't been built yet but i do have a picture of what it's going to look like if you guys want to look at it please i'm showing nick first the fuck? oh hell yeah that looks that looks tight so for the people at home it's this absolutely massive glass skyscraper in what is an otherwise very rural region of the world. It's not even a good-looking building. No. It looks fuck? like a bunch of Rubik's cubes stacked yeah, on top really of each boring. other. At least, like, make it sexy. I thought it was the actual Eye of Sauron. I thought so, too. I thought it was going to be, like, this big... I thought there were going to be lava mines for his, like, <laughs> where I, I guess that, he but... makes his fashion and lava mines <laughs> all around them. His fashion is just, like, we're getting all these really rustic helmets and I put, like, my hand in white paint and just, like, <laughs> put it on top. <laughs> all uh, right. Fact number three. Okay. So I'm going to give you guys a little hint because I'm going to tell you a country he doesn't live in. Okay. Scotland. He's the largest individual landowner in Scotland, a country he's not from. 
He continues to buy more land there and hopes to make it one contiguous stretch of area. It's currently 890 kilometers squared, or 345 square miles. Thank which, you for putting that into terms we can understand. Yeah, you're welcome. Which <laughs> is, to be fair, 1.1% of all Scottish land. <laughs> Uh, he hopes to let it rewild and reintroduce lynx and wolves, something locals are not too keen about. In a manifesto on his website, he describes their deep connection with this magnificent landscape and their pledge to restore our, part, our parts of the highlands to their former magnificent natural state and repair the harm that man has inflicted on them. Repair the harm that the fucking Scots have done. <laughs> Ruining our beautiful wolves and lynx. Uh, to give you an idea of his plans for the area, though... Uh, once contiguous and rewilded. You may want to look at the land he owns in the Carpathian Mountains in Romania, <laughs> which is basically uh, another country he's not from, another hint for you guys, where lynx and wolves and bears are hunted for sport. So yeah, those are your three facts about our beautiful boy so here. He sounds like kind of like our uh, our other our other guy with the nice mustache from Romania. Uh, Ion Syriac. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Wouldn't that be John? I think so, yeah, yeah. John Syriac. Yeah, so with his uh, like you know gunship of going around and killing what was it b- b- boars? It was, it was boars, boars, yeah, endangered boars, and he yeah. like single handedly killed like three hundred thousand of them. Or something. It was ridiculous. I think it was like a hundred and something, but yeah, yeah it yeah. was still ridiculous. All right. So to uh, summarize the facts, fact one: he owns a bunch of businesses that just keep losing money. Okay. Um, fact number like he owns a bunch of businesses that do make money but then he also just invests in all these other businesses that are losing like one of them is losing 12 million a year one of them is just so that he could have like his his ranch which i think is kind of cool <laughs> yeah basically because he lives in a farmhouse that is also like a heritage site so he wants like it's it's an old building in the area and he wants to be able to live in it but so I he mean, can play cowboy yeah basically like, that's what he wants to do yeah, that's yeah, cool. yeah. um Fact number two is basically that um, he's bribed his local municipality into allowing him to build underneath this heritage site a giant two-story house for him and his wife. Uh, I, oh, I'll talk about his kids later. Um, and also, they bribed him by building this ridiculous fucking building in a town of 7,000 people for his giant fucking corporation. And then fact number three is he owns a lot of Scotland. <laughs> He is the largest individual landowner, the only person who owns more land in Scotland than him. The only organization is the Church of England. Okay, I'm, I don't know what to do. So he made his money in fashion, you said? But fashion. that's like kind of vague. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I can be more specific. It's uh, fast fashion. Is it a company that like we know here in, in Germany or no? You would know it, yes. Okay, then I'm just thinking of... Um, it can't be Sweden because they make more money, but I'll just guess Sweden. Okay. The Hennets Moritz guy or whatever. Yeah. Rob, what do you is think? That, of- is H&M from Sweden? Yeah. Okay. Isn't the Ikea guy richer? I think so, yeah. Um, I know the French guy's fashion, but I think he's more famous than, like, he has he has more than 8 mil- million. 7.4 billion. million, if you guys want to. Yeah, yeah. But I don't know either, so I'll say France. <laughs> all right, all right. So you're both wrong? Okay. And I'm going to give you. Um, I'm not going to guess again. I don't. He's going to give us the region. Yeah, okay. That, that's a strategic the guess. I'm going to give you the region. Okay. Uh, Nordic. Oh, fuck. There's only like two other countries. Man. <laughs> that is not true. 
<laughs> there are more Nordic countries than that. Fast fashion, mm-hmm. the brand we know. Yeah. And it's Nordic. Denmark? Yeah, what's here? Do you want to get another guess? <laughs> Rob is I in the room. Finland? Finland's okay. not Nordic. Yeah, it is. It is? Oh, it's not okay. Scandinavian. Oh, okay. Yeah. Boom. Finland? Nailed it. What? You Finland? Did you get it right? No, you got it right. It's Denmark. Oh, fuck yeah. Ah, oh, it's fucking bullshit. Yeah. Uh, All right, who is this guy? So fuck his name Denmark. is Anders Hock Poulsen. Cool. Um, his big brand is this like conglomerate company called Bestseller, but like <laughs> no one like sounds like a fucking like hip hop label <laughs> from like the two thousands. It sounds record. specifically like a Danish version of like we love the G Unit culture. We're gonna call ourselves a Bestseller. <laughs> um. So oh, sorry. So the big brands that he has underneath that you might know. Um, Veroda and Jack Jones. Yeah, okay. But then the other, the really big thing you would know is he's a major shareholder in Zalando. Oh. And he also owns outright uh, one of Zalando's big international competitors, which is ASOS. Yeah. Which doesn't operate in Germany, but operates in like the They UK. operate here, yeah. Right. ASOS, yeah. Um, but they're in like, they're in a lot of markets that Zalando isn't, even though they're basically the same company. ASOS is another company that's just losing money year on year as well. Yeah. Yeah. But that's his like, that's his big baby. Um, to give you an idea of what this guy looks like, he's a little kind of like potato man. And his the wife f- there on their estate. That's weird. Not very billionaire energy. Nice. Nice. I'm kind so- of upset. In regards, is that, is that the famous estate that's his yeah. ranch that he's trying to be taken over? Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's a nice he, looking ranch. Can't he, owns, blame him. he owns the ranch, but he basically the ranch has to be a part of this like food brand that he's basically bankrolling. Why so is it a heritage money. site? Because it's been there since like the year fucking like five hundred, whatever. It's just like really old ass ranch in Denmark. Okay, yeah. um, why is he on the ranch in a full suit? <laughs> I don't like his his ranch attire. I think you're I think you're thinking American ranch. This is Danish ranch. <laughs> I know, but like I would expect like a little fucking billionaire weirdo like him to be like, oh well, I, I have my own ranch and I wait. I don't even know what fucking accent that is. That's getting pretty <laughs> close to Danish. Yeah, and he just wants to be a cowboy like no, people in Hamburg do and shit like that. No, but they're I... all pimps actually. So <laughs> so I think this is the like thi- actual pimps, not that they're cool. This is like a weird difference between like. I would say European billionaires who want to live on like farmland estates versus American billionaires who want to live on farmland he's estates. He's Danish. He probably has a, like a weird fetishization with the fucking US. That no, I can't, no, no, no. Because uh, like American American millionaires who are, live on ranches are definitely like they want that cowboy aesthetic. They want you to think they actually work manual labor on the ranch, which is like. But the European equivalent of that is like I want you to think I have like a million and one farm hands working underneath me. Like cool. I never, I've never, I've never even seen a cow. Like fuck it. I don't want to either. I don't want to. Um, I also want to talk about this giant fucking building thing. So this is going to be called Bestseller Village. <laughs> 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 and um, people also pointed out that one of the big complaints uh, with Bestseller Village, because of where it is and because of the nature of Denmark, this is going to be in Jutland, right? So this is going to be like a stone's throw away from Hamburg. 
And the thing about this building is you will probably be able to see it from Hamburg. Hell yeah. Because the land is so fucking flat. <laughs> um, other big places in Denmark to visit that you will be able to see it from is like... Um, let me see. There's this name of this village. Uh, yeah, there's a, there's a village called Yelling or Jelling, which is basically the old royal seat for Harold Bluetooth. So like people go there because that's where like the Viking kingdoms are basically ruled from. You'll oh, yeah. be able to see this fucking building from there. I thought you meant like Bluetooth, like the. That's what it's named from. Is it really? Yeah, because it was a Danish company that made it and they named it after Harold Bluetooth. Oh. Yeah, there you go. Cool. I learned something. I actually knew that. Um, I'm feeling pretty smart. You will also be able to see it from Denmark's famous Legoland. This giant fucking building. (laughs) Wait, I'm surprised that, like, Lego wasn't the most... The richest person yeah. there, yeah. I think it's weirdly um, the guy who invented Lego was just like weirdly egalitarian and just like gave his money to. It was either he was weirdly egalitarian or he had like a fuck ton of kids, so the money just got dispersed really quickly. Okay, I was gonna say like, damn, it's like Lego like secretly communist because that would be cool. It make me like Lego even more than I do. I think he did leave the country because the Nazis took over for a while, and then he came back afterwards. Uh, anyway, the. Yeah, so this is why everyone's complaining about this building, even though there's supposedly no complaints, is because Denmark is so fucking flat, you will not be able to escape this fucking building. Like the ISR on. Uh, it will become the largest building in all of Western Europe if it's built. <laughs> it will be taller than the Eiffel um, fucking Eiffel Tower. And other thing I want to say about this, um, one, the land he owns in Scotland is stopping the UK from building a space base. Okay. Because he just he owns all this crucial land. Critical support with our fellow anti-Angloistische Aktion <laughs> member. Uh, he was stopped in 2015 for um, speeding while drunk in his uh, Tesla Model S. Okay. In his electric car, because he cares about the environment. And the reason he only ever really entered English news recently is because three of his four children were killed in the like terrorist attack in Sri Lanka recently okay in um there was that bombing yeah 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 in the hotel in colombo uh while his entire family was on holidays except for him his wife and his son were just out the beach at the moment when that happens and like his three other kids were yeah okay that's weird that is weird um but yeah so that's the only reason he's in english news and that's why to get all this other information i had to go to like danish fucking tabloids so is that why you said he had kind of like a positive image outside of denmark yeah mainly yeah because after this happens no one's really wants to talk about so they feel bad from the germans love him because he's going to return the stolen german jutland back to back to deutschland um (laughs) he was also there was this weird scandal where um that i didn't mention because it i couldn't really mention it without giving away where he's from but nine out of the ten richest people in denmark are all from jutland and he got into this weird scandal about what effectively was an argument that boiled down to we're just a superior people within Denmark, and that's why all of us are billionaires. I I uh, I read a quote really similar to that the other day that was like that same vibe. Fuck! It was it like a it was like a screenshot I think from like a PragerU video or something like that. <laughs> About the superior how, nature of Jutland. No, about how like rich people are just you know like they're just genetically better. <laughs> it was, was like, a it was a PragerU video with Otto von Bismarck speaking, saying why Jutland belongs to Prussia because the the Danes are not this industrious and hardworking. Yeah, swarthy Danes. 
Um, you mentioned his kids. Yeah. But I, I love the kid content. So please, like, are they rappers? Are they? Oh, they're dead. They're dead. I just mentioned. They're oh, all dead. I forgot about that. They're all dead. All but one of them are dead. Damn. Which, like, if it wasn't like a very famous terrorist attack, that's very. This is a thing that kind of happens with rich families in like um, Europe, especially ones that have been going since like the year six hundred, and they have like a family crest. It's just like. They'll have three kids, and then suspiciously, two of them die on a ski slope in the Alps somewhere, and then only one of them gets inheritance. But um, yeah, there's one kid left now. Out of four. That one kid's actually a member of ISIS. Yeah, like the Sri Lankan branch of ISIS. Okay, and he he coordinated this so he get the wealth. Yeah, all right. That's my that's my low key theory. That's hardworking jute uh, like industriousness. Yeah, yeah. going ISIS real deep to get your uh, <laughs> to get your family fortune. <laughs> the uh, Jutland branch of ISIS. All right. Well, uh, I say we. Uh... I'm doing. I'm doing a Mega Rika by dice roll now. Okay. <laughs> I just cool. roll the dice and be like, okay, cool. Number thirty. I guess that's Denmark. <laughs> <laughs> it's a spreadsheet. <laughs> so. Okay. Um, oh, all right. I guess most people know about the Economist, but I do just want to. <laughs> Yo, you heard about this y'all ever heard of magazine, this magazine, bro? Um, like a niche paper. And we have read other dumb bullshit on the show, like Dish Beagle, but the Economist. Maybe the OGs, and I think they've they really Yo, turn off that fucking beep I, boop. I turned off my sound, and it's still doing it. I don't know what's going on. Oh, it's coming through. It's the, from the TV. Yeah. Oh, right, uh, well, here, sorry. Also, my computer's loud as fuck, so I don't know how that's gonna work with the there we go. recording. Cool. Okay, that's been bugging the shit out of me. <laughs> <laughs> um, now you threw me off. Where the fuck was I? The Economist. The Economist. Dumb paper. I'm sure everyone. We don't even need to remind people of like all the dumb shit they post, but. The, 150 the, years of just sucking. They fucking Karl Marx is out there being like the Economist represents the peak of like yeah the late of aristocracy. Yeah, that was in the fucking anime and everything. Uh, no, it was the Atlantic that was in the anime. The Atlantic, dude. I the sound is off. It's still doing that. I don't know. What kind of fucking demon magic does Discord have? It's more more like my computer. It's fucking like okay. 10 years old. Okay. No, the mic's picking up. Even like Lenin has a bunch of takes about how yeah. garbage the Economist is, and the Economist even wrote on Lenin's like the hundredth anniversary of the Russian Revolution. They had a thing about like Vladimir Lenin hated us, and we think that's cool. <laughs> it's like causing causing all this conversation. The Economist, you're really getting out there. Weren't yeah. they, didn't they Messy. like? Didn't they have that like Marx for capitalists or something? No, or? that was the Financial Times oh, or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a. That was brain genius, fucking galaxy brain take. Whichever, all the papers that have like the paper brown background on their website just all blend together to me. Yeah. And it can't, like, this needs to be said every time we talk about The Economist, just because it's endless. Another thing that's endlessly humoring to me it was founded uh, around the controversy surrounding the corn laws. Just imagine <laughs> your existence being Sick. predicated on something called the corn laws. That, the corn laws fucked up my country. I know. I know it's important. <laughs> it just sounds hilarious. <laughs> so wait. So uh, like, all right. I'm not even gonna fucking. I want to read. I want to read something from their masthead. This goes back to maybe not 1843, but long goes way back. So what was the Economist's opinion about slavery uh, around? This oh, time? what was their opinion about like fucking the the British Raj and like millions of people dying of famine? They literally were like. 
do you see where this line intersects that line? <laughs> Sorry. Like, that's, literally, they would just send this stuff off to, like, whatever the British governor I, there. And he's like, yep, that's why. I, Meanwhile, he just, like, does a ton of, like, opium and writes shitty poetry and, yeah. Okay, this is this is very important that we remember this as a podcasting team. But as soon as we have someone on to explain British politics, I kid you not, the origin of most modern British politics is, like, these parties have existed for a millennia, and the reason they split is because the fucking corn laws. <laughs> so it all goes back to the corn it's laws. It's all the corn laws, man. That's also where the Irish famine comes from. Fucking okay, go on. <laughs> so I just want to quote this: The Economist's goal is to, and I quote, "Take part in a severe contest between intelligence, mm. which presses forward, and an unworthy, timid ignorance obstructing our progress." My money's on ignorance. That's their whole... So when they're like... Um, in this fucking trump card game of like emotions or like states of being, my money's on ignorance. The, yeah, the but by intelligence, they mean like finding 20,000 different ways to say like colonialism, actually good. Yeah. And like, yeah, timid ignorance is not being brave enough to tell the truth of the of Yemen in that it's because they're chewing this drug. That's why they're actually all dying. Not that because that of like... A, not because of a laws. genocide supported by fucking half the world. That's that's the Economist's energy summarized in one line. I I I mm, I need to really learn about their position of the corn laws because my new character bit now is just going to be every time we read something from the Economist, they just wedge in something about their take with the corn <laughs> laws. <laughs> well, my my new bit is the 1800s, the Economist reply guy. Yeah, just just fucking loves reading the Economist. Uh, so, honestly, it, those uh, all those uh, fucking yeah, all the like. Irish, all the Irish living in slums all throughout the uh, England and Scotland, you know, they should just work harder. Why yeah. don't they get more capital? I don't know. I need to read The Economist to tell me why. <laughs> Fucking dumbasses. Um, but I want to talk about one specific aspect of The Economist. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's because, thanks to Kieran, I was introduced to this one article, which we'll get to later. But I learned that it's part of a broader series not only this series, but also throughout, throughout the economist history, something that they like to engage in, which is a little bit of futurology and alt history. Ooh. The series specifically is called The World If. Now, maybe you know about this already. They do it every year and they have, what would the world be like if this happened? And it's really just some like dumb black mirror shit like, what What if you could sell your child and just whatever the else <laughs> the economist likes to do? What? What what if witchcraft was the reason that Africa is underdeveloped? What if what if the Whigs, but they supported the Corn Laws? <laughs> <laughs> I love Black Mary. Just yeah, that's basically it. Um, so the World If is is a series where they just post a bunch of like. Well, it breaks down into two major categories, as I'll explain in a moment. Um, but it's it's not just that they have a long history. In 1999, the Economist organized a global futurist writing competition, The World in 2050. It was co-sponsored by Royal Dutch Shell, and everyone was supposed to say, "What will the world be like in 2050?" The only caveat is Shell as a company must still exist. Yeah, I was like, I wonder what kind of world Shell is going to create by 2050. <laughs> Eco-fascism. <laughs> Uh yeah. Um, is do I get to do I get to rant about like alt history shit now? Because, well, yeah. Go ahead. Because the world if series basically most of what it does is it just says like, what if this thing happens that we think would be good, even though it clearly won't be, and then it just the it's like fucking ten paragraphs that say like, yeah, actually it's good. 
They're just like weird short stories. Basically. Let me read you a couple examples. Okay, One, what if France's reform succeeded? Suppose France's president manages to transform his country and his continent. This was written in 2017, right after Macron was elected. And it's just a bunch of like, the once declining banlieues are da-da-da-da-da. And it's just, that's oh, it. Oh, for fuck's sake. Uh, I have more, but Kieran, you wanted to say something? No, no, g- give me some more. <laughs> give me some more fuel here. Come on. Um, what if blockchains ruled the world? <laughs> I hate like... What if we put the corn laws on the blockchain? <laughs> <laughs> um, this one I thought might be in the second category, but no, they love it. It's in the first category. What if borders were open? And the subhead is literally the $78 trillion free lunch. And there's an accompanying Facebook uh, video where you just have a bunch of British shitheads who are all, when you look them up, like Gina Miller, who's like the biggest, she's suing uh, the UK government about Brexit because it's illegal. Um, and they're just like, you know, when people move, that's like industrious and like it really builds character basically <laughs> when you have to be like an economic refugee. Um, so that's another one of theirs. Uh, this is a good one. What if every woman in the world had a smartphone? Okay. And basically, and I kid you not, I, I'm not going to bring up the article, but it's shit like they would be able to like watch videos about how to farm better and they'd be able to better organize the like manual laborers they hire. Jesus Christ. <laughs> the other side of that would be like a very like here's my spec script for Black Mirror. What if every woman had a smartphone but also men weren't allowed it and just gets into this weird like men's rights ranty type shit and like <laughs> we've rejected your spec script for Black Mirror. Uh, here's a bit about alt history. What if Mao Zedong's Communist Party had lost the Chinese Civil War to Chiang Kai-shek's Nationalist Party? <laughs> and there's just nothing to say. Like I read it and it was just sort of like yeah, um, Chiang Kai-shek would also be authoritarian, uh, but the Cultural Revolution wouldn't happen. Mao is bad. Wins, the Uyghurs lose, basically. And like reading it, I'm just like, guess what, bitch? Mao won. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> uh, but that's the kind of alt history they're engaging in. They're just like, what if this thing that was like we didn't like, what if it didn't happen? That'd be cool. That's just yeah. That's like the ultimate, just like typical reactionary trope, though, is that they just fucking love that like. Um, what is it? Like, what about, like, what's the one that they fucking, uh, uh, that Kirk Schlichter wrote about, and Ben Shapiro's also written the same thing as, like, if, like, if the U.S. became socialist or whatever. <laughs> well, that gets into our second category. So, mo- the overwhelming majority of the what-ifs, the world-ifs, yeah. are, you know, like, if every woman had a smartphone, finally we could tap into this potential where they would be able to all become... I don't know. Yeah, exactly. They like, can all, all women watch can videos about how to farm and they'd yeah, all be rich. Uh, and even the like borders are open. They're just like, you know, you, they make 20 times the wages here. So if just literally the whole world moved to England and worked in factories. Think of how much more money they would make. Like these so-called economists just are completely unable to understand the like actual world scale of the economy and like through history. It's just right now there's this opportunity like that will just stay forever. Capitalism, all boats rising. Ugh. Capitalism's never changed. This <laughs> is the, the opening quote from fucking Fallout. There's a lot of there's a lot of fake friends out there. Yeah, who keep who like change on you? Capitalism never. Capitalism's changed. consistent, baby. Yeah. All right, so uh, I uh, so I'm a big <laughs> fan of like alt history as a genre, but like it is just filled with some like really fucking problematic shit a lot of the time. There, yeah, all right. Yeah, there is good old history. Yeah, like we have to like. I I, I don't want to be a. I don't want to be a hater. Like, um, 
They're yeah. Yeah. So off the top of my head, fucking going to recommend to fucking everyone is the Yiddish Policeman's Union, which is about like what if the Jewish state was set like set up in the like what do you call it, the panhandle of Alaska? Uh, because that was the thing the U.S. was like thinking about doing, but the senator, like there was like one senator who opposed it, and they were just like, "What if he died in a car accident <laughs> before this all happened?" And then suddenly there's this like Yiddish-speaking state in America. I was like, "Okay, cool. This is kind of this is interesting." In in Alaska. In Alaska, yeah, yeah. Okay. In the like um, handily bit right up against Canada. Okay, what what year was this decided? And I'm just imagining what's like the race science behind this. That oh, this was like post World War Two. It was like what to do with the refugees, basically. Oh, okay. I thought it was gonna be like you know, I thought it was like 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 you know, eighteen like nineties or whatever. Of like, oh yeah. yes. The plan was the like... Jew likes it cold. So therefore... <laughs> the plan was to like um, they would have like a fifty year land lease, basically. Okay. And the the story in the book is like <clears throat> that 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 date is now approaching and people are like, is this going to become its own country? Do we get to become its own state? Are we subsumed into Alaska? What the fuck happens here? It's really interesting. It's so a very it's like what the Soviet Union tried to with whatever the Jewish autonomous oblast. Exactly. I forget the name of it. Yeah. yeah. Um, the, yeah, that's a really good one. But like a lot of like old history is. So the two most common things that happen in all history is what if the Nazis won? And what if the South won in the American civil war? And the what if the Nazi one verges from like a like just this very long lesson about like here's why Nazism was bad. Like here's what they fucking wanted. It's terrible. Um that's like usually the point of it. But the southern ones is always like This is cool. This is weird. This is, look how kooky this is. Yeah. <laughs> the um that's one of the things that then I think that um What's it called? What's the the Amazon TV show from the Philip Man in the High Castle? Man in the High Castle, the TV show, is so stupid mm. because it tries to encapsulate how bad Nazism is. Yeah, but it just it it, it melds perfectly together with the American worldview. That if you're watching it and you're like, wait, is this supposed to be like different than how the United States actually is? Like, yeah, it's really like I, I I was sitting there and being like, are they trying to like sell this to Americans? Be like, ooh, look how spooky this is because most Americans then in this fictitious world, um, live how Americans do today, mm-hmm. and like the genocide is just like right before their eyes. And we're like, well, you know, shit. and I'm like, this is literally like how it is for most Americans anyway. Like, giving up, damn, like you know, yeah. locking up kids in 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 cells. Oh, you know, fucking can't do anything about it. And it's like in that TV show, there's like a scene where they're like, you know, burning people or whatever. And there's like the smoke going by. It's like, oh, yep, fifth one this week or whatever. And it's like the Americans already behave this way. So there's nothing like if that's trying to scare me, then good job. But I don't think that that's that that's what was intended. Uh, so I've actually uh, watched a lot of interviews with the guys who are making it now because they've now gone beyond the parameters of the book. That yeah, it's based the, on. the book's only like 150 pages. Yeah, yeah, and it's Philip K. Dick, so it's mostly like a drug trip. Um, yeah. <laughs> but like, yeah, so they're in season two now, and the thing they're season saying... Three. Oh, shit, yeah. yeah. Uh, so the thing they're saying that they what they want to do, and I think they're like losing it a bit, is they're actually trying to draw parallels between like the supposed Nazi society and modern America being like, modern America's bad, it's not really out of step with what the Nazis want. Okay, well then in that case, then they they they, they did that well then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I was sitting there being like, wait, is this supposed to then like, they're trying to create like a horror story about you know Nazism, and the thing that then I found that's so horrific about it is that then how just normal 
the behavior is for yeah, the most. Yeah. Like most Americans um, would like be perfectly happy within you know some form of like you know what the NSDAP was here. Yeah, I think the, as most Germans were. I think like, the central thesis of that show that I think they've communicated quite well is like they do this very early on, but they do the whole thing like don't pretend like you wouldn't fucking go along with it all. Like yeah. they they show the lives of like the open grouper Führer was like trying to fight the Nazis, and then when it happens, he's just like, "Yep, yeah, yeah, yeah this is cool." Uh, Which happens like quite often in history. Like, yeah, too, exactly. You know, like oh damn, like. Um, but then yeah, like I will not read any alt history about like what if the South won until like one black person writes that fucking story because all of them are just like this is kind of cool. I guess it would all be fine. Um, and like they're all making so much money for some reason. I'm like, huh? Um, and there's other good ones. The Years of Salt and Rice is also a really good story. It's about like, what if the Black Plague killed all Europeans and like Japan discovers America? Yes, 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 <laughs> yes, yes. yes. It's Slay the white queen. <laughs> we stand a plague. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, Kieran left us, but Yulia joined us. So that's a that's a nice trade. Hell yeah, you know that meme with the picture, and then there's a little upgrade button, and then it's the picture after. Yeah. So <laughs> that's me. I'm the upgrade. <laughs> that's us talking about like fucking the Economist, and then the upgrade button, and then talking about uh, Brazilian rap. Well, what we're talking about is isn't even. I, I would say it's not even like a change of the topic because it is the yin to the yang. Hell All yeah. right. It is, Everything we've talked about, the economy. I'm feeling spiritual right now. There's, Daddy, green, so. there's blue skies ahead. Capitalism is here to save us. Beautiful. Colonialism is here to save us. Love it. <laughs> but yeah. much like capitalism and liberal capitalism, while they want to say everything is good, there are contradictions that push it to a breaking point. And the way the, the economist addresses those is by wilding out, darkly intoning about a possible future that could happen if we do not steal ourselves if we do not safeguard our wonderful capitalistic world we gotta save yeah. capitalism you and oh and it gets dark like <laughs> <laughs> capital is basically like the hulk or something and you don't, you don't want to see it like you wouldn't want to see me when i'm angry so you, fascism you, that you, is you wouldn't want to see avoid me then well, you wouldn't want to see me well. when i'm fascist <laughs> you wouldn't want to see me when i'm accumulating capital <laughs> Then he turns back into like, hey, hey, uh, well, there's no actually, apps in Africa. <laughs> um, yeah, so primitive accumulation is the Hulk of capitalism, basically. Right? Okay, That's cool. What I was saying. The way this takes the form, what we just described, the Hulk of capitalism, the the form that takes in Europe is the Russian threat. <laughs> we love and hate to see Red it. Red scare. <laughs> Ru- the Russian threat, basically, Europe's. Like, raison d'être, sorry, I don't speak French. Like, its purpose of existing, what keeps it going as a vehicle, is this idea that this precious liberal democracy that we have could be threatened, is fragile, and we have to defend it. And that's sort of like a projection of like the broader project of protecting capitalist interests. And oh boy, does the economist darkly intone all the sunshine and rainbows about how the future is going to be great and dynamic. The future is going to fucking suck if you are not militarized and ready to face the Russian threat. Okay, cool. Let's dive into this. I I'm, mean, I'm ready. Yeah. You want to do the full article first? I had a little like a little on a little appetizer first. Okay, yeah. Like right. I'm, I want some, some more d'oeuvres. So the main article was one that just came out last week. So that's really the cutting edge of 
European psychosis. But this one is from 2015. Okay. Again, it's part of the World If series. And it's what if a NATO member comes under attack? How the West would recognize and respond to a Russian offensive from July 1st, 2015. Wait, but... Wait. Wait, wait, wait. Hold on. Hold so on, this is shortly on. after the whole Crimea yeah. invasion. Yeah. Okay, uh, let's say one... Um, okay, cool. Two, NATO members have come under attack, but from oh! other, other NATO members... Or they attacked. Like... Let's do Turkey, for example. Uh, but yeah, like what Greece about, invaded. Like, uh, Greece and Turkey a NATO had like member attacking another country <laughs> without being like even involved in the whole fucking conflict. Well, no, no, no. Just that, because that you want to fucking though. discriminate against uh, Kurdish people, <laughs> doesn't count, though. Guys, yeah, of course, guys. doesn't count. No, but I mean, like in all seriousness, so that like they like the the scenario that they're talking about has happened, but it's been between NATO nations, which is very weird. Okay, because basically, what they imagine is like. Just imagine you're the Baltics. Just imagine you're Latvia. You have a border to Russia. And what you do, like, every fucking year is inviting the whole fucking NATO. <laughs> <laughs> come on a, over, boys. <laughs> come over, boys. We have a nice party. We're going to try, like, some, like, military, I don't know, try how this works, like, at the border. And then say, like, oh, Russia is fucking aggressive. <laughs> it's like, Yo, I'm just, like, fucking here. My boys are fucking yeah. flying our B-52s. I mean, and you nice fucking party. see Russia here? Exactly. Like, come on. Exactly. You know, they're fucking, like, like you it's know. It's just us having a nice party with all of, like, my NATO friends. Yeah. <laughs> At you know, the border. <laughs> can you fucking believe it? Like, they asked me. Russia shows up all the time. at the fucking party. They're not invited. Yeah, you know, I'm sitting here. My boys are fucking gaming over at our place. And Russia just keeps, like, knocking on the door being, like, you turn the fucking music down. Like, yeah. I don't, I don't want this. It's like, bro, like, what the fuck? Like, we're here. Like, you know, we're, you know, just, you can't fuck with our lifestyle, you fucking commie bitch. N NATO means La Familia. Yeah. And Greece and Turkey are part of La Familia. So yeah. fights between Definitely. them don't count. Yeah. Yeah. So Greece is Turkey, baby. Let's hear what the economist has to say about this. I won't go through the whole article. This is just, again, a little appetizer. All right. From four years ago. Hit me with that, that. Sweet it begins appetizer and I, I don't know if people know this but everything in the economist doesn't have like it doesn't have a byline for who wrote it so it's all like together it's every it's, it's oh, their it's collective statement damn the fucking oh, economist is it's like fucking like a collector like yeah notre dame football no <laughs> numbers they, on I the think back these, like what if articles i think they actually like like write them together like the like editorial team does the i'm sure thing. maybe I, they sit together like we do they all take like, dmt and imagine a future and what exactly just like <laughs> joe elon, rogan writes all <laughs> yeah of i was about well, to say <laughs> it's what's sad is just like how elon musk does uh acid and then all i can think about yeah. is like what if you made new shorts like that's <laughs> that's his mind like that's his mind palace it begins russia's aggression in ukraine has given nato both a new sense of purpose and a new kind of threat hybrid warfare the alliance's military analyst <laughs> <Hybrid warfare. laughs> the, <laughs> the alliance's military analysts have been working on a quote detailed granular but secret plans for a range of crisis scenarios first thing to say about that when you when you say something is detailed and granular that's what you say in like a bullshit like corporate meeting when you're talking about your plans it's, it's gonna be really we're granular to we're gonna yeah yeah we're gonna have a, like a lot of granular analysis of this so right off the bat nato fucking up <laughs> i do not it does not inspire confidence that they have uh, really good secret plans that they've done a lot of we've thought really long and hard about this 
The overarching assumption is that Russia's president, Vladimir Putin, flushed by the success of annexing Crimea and prizing away Ukraine's Donbass region, moves on to something even more ambitious. His goal, to undermine NATO and the European Union by concentrating his well-honed techniques of hybrid warfare on two Baltic states that share a land border with Russia, Latvia and Estonia. Wait, what, what, what warfare is he doing? Latvia and Estonia. He's doing hybrid warfare. What the uh, fuck is that? They didn't even describe hybrid it. Hybrid theory. Oh, don't worry. Don't worry. Next <laughs> sentence. Hybrid warfare brings together military and non-military instruments to discombobulate the target state. Discombobulate. That's it sounds like muscle confusion. I don't even know what that means. You got to do squats and then run and you, and you confuse <laughs> Wait, the Wait, is that like high uh, into, uh, intensive into a training? No, it's... it's Wait. <laughs> it's nonsense. Okay. That actually works. Good. <laughs> Unlike Ukraine, the Baltic states are members of both the EU and NATO and are covered by the military alliance's commitment to collective security under Article 5 of the 1949 Washington Treaty that deems an attack on one as an attack on all. <gasps> but this was conceived in an era when there was no doubt whether a country was under military attack or not. The big question is whether it is fit for purpose in dealing with 21st century Russian tactics, which use the ambiguity and deniability to make it harder to gauge whether an attack is really underway. Only once in NATO's 66-year history has Article 5 been invoked after the attacks of September 11th, and at the time it was controversial whether this was a proper use of the alliance's biggest stick. It's everywhere. So we have a situation where Vladimir Putin Hell bent on destabilizing Europe, the European <sighs> Union. As he should, oh my, like you know, respect. The oh king my God! Seriously, like this is just. Here is his yeah. game plan. Working to its oh, they literally say that. Working to its established game plan, Russia starts by stirring up the resentment of quote Russians in Estonia and Latvia, in parentheses, by some reckoning about a quarter of the population in both countries. Bombarding them with propaganda about the discrimination they are supposedly subjected to. <laughs> supposedly. Using agents provocateur to foment pro-Russian demonstrations in the capitals, Russia does all it can to undermine the authorities in both countries. So they're literally doing the fucking right-wing trope of like, yeah, you know, those fucking, those fucking Black Lives Matter protesters are all paid by George Soros. Yeah, oh my god. <laughs> like, yeah. they got... That's, that's okay. it, basically. No, yeah, but seriously, like, this situation... Oh, <laughs> oh! This is as like Oof. layers. This is layers. Um, all right. Do so not knock that glass over, please. Oh fuck you! <laughs> Just first of all, like there is there is a discrimination against like Russian people in the Baltics, definitely. Yeah. Like especially or like exclusively, not exclusively, but especially for people that are born there are of Russian descent or anything, you know, uh, moved there during the Soviet Union, speak Russian, didn't have to learn maybe the language because of the Soviet Union. Um, at the same time, you have a lot of, like, Russians moving to the Baltics. Because they got that sweet money they can go They buy, have yeah. that sweet money, and it's not necessarily, like... Um, if you're very much about like free markets and shit like that, like if you're a fucking like asshole, libertarian if, if asshole in, in Russia and you don't have the ties you want to have, you probably want to have a bank account somewhere else or like some property somewhere else, you know, because like there was this arrangement between Putin and the oligarchs. Like he kind of like shut down everyone that wasn't in favor of it. 
after like Yeltsin did a shit and Putin got in power, like he used his force, uh, his first term to kind of like, um, get rid of, of the mafia capitalism that he had in Russia, like in quotes, you know, and, um, he kind of made a contract with oligarchs in Russia. If you're rich in Russia and you don't, have, you aren't on good terms with like Einiges um, Russland, so with like Putin's power United party, Russia, yeah, yeah, United Russia. Um, well, you you better get your money out of Russia. And you go to Latvia, and then you buy stuff. In you Yomala. go, yeah, you you go to Yomala, you buy like a fucking villa or something like that, and 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 have all your nice uh, like condos at the. At the coast. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, and um, they are the shock yeah. troops of the Russian invasion. And that is the a problem EU. because in in the Baltics, like you have this discriminated against Russian um population that has lived there since like the Soviet Union. Uh and they all live like kind of like in Mo uh, Moskovskaya. Moscow um I don't know, Moskovskaya Vorstadt. It's mm -hmm. funny that like it's called Vorstadt. It's funny that it's called Vorstadt because that is a German name and that is thanks to... The Nazis. The Nazis! <laughs> the Germans, the Baltic like, Germans. Like, you know, lovely we, people. We fucking hate the Nazis. We just, you know, kept uh, pretty much everything. They didn't even write it. Like, they, spell, they didn't even spell it right. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't? No, they, they, like, it's written with an F instead of like a V. So like you know, Vorstadt, that was just, you no, know no, no, like no, no. that was the Nazis just like really appreciating appreciating other cultures. Like you're gonna have German words, <laughs> like, yeah, but we're but gonna make we, them we easier for you to <laughs> <Exactly>. say. <laughs> so you know, who said that the Nazis were bad? Not Latvians. That's for damn. <laughs> oh, sure. Latvians fucking love the Nazis. They still march every fucking fifteenth of March. I think we talked about this before on the podcast. Yeah, whatever. We? It doesn't matter because <laughs> yeah. it's like very still out there. Um, they so, celebrate like the former. Um, occupation yeah uh, a volunteering like mm. division who just also happened to be the SS exactly <laughs> yeah those old guys still marching oh, no, we anyway, talked about it when we were was, talking about Lithuania uh, it was an exact same thing going yeah. on where they're all like oh yeah by the way we love this like weird yeah. um, you know nationalist group that existed during yeah. World War II um, ignore the fact that they were also you know of the SS as well yeah so to get I wonder why the the <laughs> communists murdered them. Like they're just national I heroes. <laughs> just to get back to the point, yeah, you have like two kinds, two kinds of Russians. That sounds weird, but two groups of like Russian people in the Baltics. Um, one, it's like the group that has been there forever, uh, like for like fifty years or longer. Um, they're very much discriminated against. They, yeah. Very much, uh, live in like Moskovskaya, uh, Vorstadt or something like that. Like they live they're in poor. shitty houses. They're yeah, poor. They're yeah. poor. There's a class element to this. Exactly. Obviously. Exactly. Um, they're typically also and, the poorest people in Latvia. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah. 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 It's nothing like to like, you know, it's not like the Latvian poor people are like poorer than the Russian poor people, whatever, you know, but there is this group that is like discriminated mm -hmm. against and, um, you have a, go a government, especially in Latvia, that, that is very difficult to, to even get that, um, recognition for a marginalized group like the Russians. Because they say, oh, if you, if you vote for Harmony, for example, 
then you are immediately like pro Russia or something like that. Hell yeah, baby. Even though I know, even though they're like the, the only like, good party in Latvia. Yeah. Like, which is saying. Yeah, a seriously. Lot. Yeah, yeah. Even though they have a lot of scandals and shit like that, they they are the only one that is not like neoliberal. They're just social Democrats. Toxic like waste. they're actually just like <laughs> no. general social Democrats. Yeah, yeah they are. They um, also happen to, be, happen to be Russian. And I had like I had a student, and she like her parents were born in Russia, and you still have the situation of like non-citizens in the Baltics. Mm -hmm. So they don't have any fucking passport. They don't have any passport because their parents are born in Russia, and they are raised in Latvia, for example, in Riga, um, and they kind of like have an like uncertain state of like um citizenship citizenship yeah. yeah yeah because they are not latvian they're not russian they have to decide oh you want to be latvian okay you do this like einbürgerungstest i don't know like uh citizenship test yeah, yeah exactly like that every fucking german for example would fail in germany <laughs> if they would take it <laughs> and Like they don't, they have such a uncertain like citizenship. They they like aren't allowed to travel in Europe. They always have difficulties to go to Russia because even though your parents are Russian, you are like nothing. Yeah, you're kind of like it's like you don't have any fucking citizenship. And this person, she wanted to be a doctor. She wanted to go to study in Germany. She's like, like what is the situation? I don't have a passport. I was like. Uh, well, that sucks <laughs> because you have to have like eight thousand euros on your fucking account to to go to Germany if you're from Russia, you know. But she isn't even from Russia. She's born in Latvia. She's born in Riga. She is like like the Economist says, supposedly <laughs> subjected to. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, think I find that so funny too. Yeah. With like with like the like exactly the uh, like the other side of the coin of the rich Russians who then flee Russia mm. and go to um, yeah. Uh, who go to Latvia, you know, the, who, who go to the Baltic nations. Very nice villa. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Is that that type of behavior the fucking economist probably loves. They're like, see, damn, look at fucking capitalism is action. Like, you know, Russia, anti-democratic, you know, illiberal democracy. Look, these people yep. can fucking leave and they can, you know, start their new lives thanks to capitalism and thanks to Europe and thanks to this. But of course they're like, like, you know, they can't call their own bluff here because then that would make then – this entire worldview of theirs also false. Yeah, I was about to say, like, seriously, they would fucking love what those Russians are doing because they... How, how, uh, how a band of uh, Russian dissidents are, <laughs> are bringing a new dynamism to the Latvian economy. <laughs> <laughs> seriously. Uh, no, but exactly. I mean, this is like what they fucking should like celebrate, the economists, because this is exactly... Like those are the, probably like a lot of people that are going to Latvia are going to Latvia because of capitalism, because they can't, um, because of state capitalism, business capture. If you're rich, business if you're capture poor, under yeah. yeah, business capture under Putin, for yeah, example. If you're yeah. poor, a lot of Latvians who are Russian want to yeah. move back to Russia. Yeah, exactly. Because yeah. there's better job opportunities for them there. Yeah. So it's but kind if of, you have yeah if you have money and you yeah. want to hide that money. And you you want to like do whatever you want to do to that money. I don't know what you want to do to that money or with that money. I want to just bathe in it. <laughs> you would probably move somewhere else. You move to fucking Switzerland. You move to the UK. It's too expensive. Come yeah, on. To the wanna, like... Oh, you just go to fucking Latvia and build a nice villa at Jumala. Yeah. That's what 
The amount of fucking Gucci tracksuits I saw in Yomala. Seriously, beautiful. <laughs> yeah, it's class. Like, that's the that's next step up of Slavic culture. Just, you know, fuck the Adidas tracksuit. I got fucking money. Here's my wife, who's 40 years younger than me. All oh, of her yeah. friends, and just me, like a bald, fat Russian millionaire <laughs> in a Gucci tracksuit. I saw literally that at a... We, we saw that literally at a cafe. <laughs> I know. Or a it's, pizza place, or whatever. I had that talk tonight at the party, like several times, about <laughs> Russia having a lot of beautiful women and a lot of and a lot of old, fat, bald men. N- not, not a lot. That's the problem. They are oh, not enough. Okay. Like old there's not enough <laughs> old, fat, bald men. <laughs> there's not a lot of men. <laughs> so that was just a little taste. Thirty minutes later, we're hitting a lot of our a lot of our main themes. Um, Everything is great in NATO. Stay out. There are no problems Love here. Love it. Beautiful. <laughs> Anyone who wants to break up NATO is for some like personal, like psychological reason. They have beef with the amazing Europe. Uh, and anyone yeah, who, I do. And anyone who won't support Europe is just also psychologically confused, as we'll get to. As I, we'll get, I am. I, all these things describe me. We're, we're going to get I'm just there. a fucking mess. Thanks. Like, the economist knows me too well. And the other wonderful, just mwah, the other wonderful spice they add to this mix is America. I love when Europe's talk about America. No one can see this, but I'm currently just saluting. So two things we missed, or two things I skipped over, rather, were uh, the the World If series did. The World If Hillary Clinton was president in 2015, which was just like hilarious because she beats Marco Rubio, and then she introduces like a new contract with the middle class. Uh, <laughs> and then, yeah, in 2016, they had to do If Donald Trump Was President. And it sucked because they did the thing that, to be fair, most people in 2016 did about Trump, where he's just like, first of all, that he has any fucking idea of what's happening around him. That he's like actually going to like try to like, uh, I don't know, like be strategic about how he like attacks China rather than being just like a big like crying baby who just will just like do whatever. And that most of the U.S. government is just run by like this like horde of like a professional class that keeps cycling through dc um they don't really get into that in the economist they still lean back on this donald trump as this deals guy as this kind of not evil mastermind but just that he has any idea of what's going on which is a fundamental misread of the u.s oh yeah so and the other thing that they love to do and this is more in the context of hillary clinton but that anytime like hillary clinton uh for example the this is really alt history because they said she accepted she wanted to raise the minimum wage to $15. Okay. And th- she was criticized as bringing European values. And first of all, the economists, let me just say, Americans don't think about you like that. Like the Americans are not thinking about you. Europe thinks it's like a breakup and they're like, they still think about me and our like wonderful society. And America's more like Hillary Clinton's fucking pull pot. All right. She's going to murder. <laughs> Like, that's like, really how conservatives <laughs> in the U.S. talk about Democrats. No yeah, one's thinking I, I about... Yeah. Wait, 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 wait. Like, back up. I, right. I don't think I was engaged enough. Did they actually think that Hillary Clinton was going to be like this, like, like olive branch between Democrats and Repu- Republicans? Seriously? <clears throat> I'm quoting. Mrs. Clinton delighted Democrats by backing a rise in the federal minimum wage to $15 an hour and calling for working mothers to enjoy two months, two months paid leave after giving birth or adopting a child. These are like nothing that she ran under. Amid Republican cries that she would lead America down a European path to bankruptcy, few voters examine the contract's fine print. And the fine print is that like Walmart will install automatic checkout counters and they'll lose two million jobs and like owned. Should have been, been more capitalist. That's another topic though. <laughs> 
we can't we can't get into it we have to focus on the main article what the fuck is uh, yeah rob you're you're just the point is that they are they deeply misunderstand america and the eu well they don't understand the eu they're just carrying out their project of the eu that we are just like there's no tension or problems within our lovely harmonious society and we have to steel ourselves against russia and china and the u.s these growing empires and most importantly we need to be weaponized the other thing we didn't really get into in the last article is they're saying like we could have avoided all of this if we had nukes or something. Like if we were if we were just properly engaged, if we recognized these like hacking and this hybrid warfare for what it was, like I said, you wouldn't want to see me when I'm angry. <clears throat> Here we go. All right. It begins. If Europeans won't take American soybeans, they don't get American soldiers. America first. The tweet was dispatched by President Donald Trump in the early hours of April 5th, 2023, as he watched Fox and Friends, his favorite breakfast television show. Wait, how is Trump still... Well, okay, never mind. He, he won Trump's re-election is, is the important thing. <laughs> this, is already, this would be like peak election season, right? April 2023? Because it's like, yeah. they'd just he'd be, be out of his term then at that point. Like, no, no, no. He would be... It would go to 2024. Maybe he changes the constitution. So Pence would be rum- ramping up to be the... Fucking, fucking sexy person. boy in, in chief. It landed as officials in the foreign ministries of Paris, Berlin, and Warsaw were settling down for lunch. Not Warsaw. Yeah, why Poland? <laughs> Most rolled their eyes. The president had, after all, issued similar threats at each of the NATO summits after his narrow re-election in November 2020. At the alliance's gathering in Potsdam in 2021, Mr. Trump had unnerved fellow leaders by proposing that Russia join the alliance. Literally the worst thing you you can suggest. Oh no, Russia. (laughs) Russia should join NATO. The following year in Skopje, sorry, I don't know how to say it. Skopje. 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 Yeah, no, Skopje, yeah. All right, just edit edit in Yulia's voice. Skopje. The capital of of Macedonia. Macedonia. (gasps) Fake Macedonia. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Northern Macedonia. (laughs) Yeah. Southern Serbia. Birthplace As, of, of, of uh, Alexander the Great. <laughs> Keep going. Sorry. As the U.S.-EU trade war spiraled out of control, he had insisted that he, his chief trade negotiator accompany him to every meeting with allies in place of the Secretary of Defense. Despite that, 60,000 American troops remained scattered across the continent. That line's a classic orange American man dumb. There are troops in Europe. Did you even know that? Sir, do you even know that there are 60,000 of your troops in Europe and yet you insult us? They that's, fucking love him. That's that's classic stuff. <laughs> like, oh, is Germany still under occupation of the US? Oh, you know, you speak European <laughs> over there, right? <laughs> it's like some Reichsbürger stuff, kind of. <laughs> yet it quickly became apparent that Mr. Trump's latest tweet was not just another shot across the bow. Within hours of his broadside, couriers from the State Department began delivering letters to the embassies of all 29 NATO members across Washington, D.C., each one signed by Jared Kushner, Mr. Trump's son-in-law and Secretary of State, was a notice of denunciation, (laughs) giving the requisite year's notice of America's intention to quit the alliance. How did Mike Pompeo, like, step down... How did Krishna get that job? <laughs> Europeans are very scared of Jared's raw sexual energy. They saw that one <laughs> photo of him in those short and shorts, like, oh, and they're all like, oh, shit. God, <laughs> Hell yeah. this is Definitely. the worst thing that can happen. 
So what we got so far is the doomsday scenario. And I'm not like, I'm kind of reading it in a dramatic voice, but that's just how it's written. They're like, it's the end of the fucking world. Both chambers of Congress roundly condemned the decision the next day. But Mr. Trump made it clear that he would ignore this unconstitutional effort to overturn his decision. I'm the commander in chief, he said, flanked by queasy looking generals on each side of his desk. All right. Whoa, whoa, whoa. they're disrespecting the generals here. No, no, no. This is where it goes off the rails. This is the most lib bullshit I have ever heard. Where the generals are the resistance. The generals are going to be mad at <laughs> <Seriously>? Trump <laughs> for like, like pulling out of NATO or something. Really? I'm sure the generals like love that shit. They're just going to be like, sir, I, I will support you to the end. We will have more flexibility to for our ninth wave attack on Iran. Yeah, literally. Thank like, you. A lot of conservatives, exactly. yeah. lot of conservatives don't, don't like NATO because it does exactly yeah. that. Because you don't have to ask anyone if you want to well, invade the country. You don't have to anyway. But yeah, just, yeah, I know. Like, thing, Britain will accept it. But. Yeah, well, the thing is, like, NATO, like, 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 the only thing that then conservatives don't like about it is that, like, no one else fucking pulls their fair share of the weight. And the U.S. is the only one who then meets the U.S. and one other country. I forget. Maybe Turkey, I think. Who then meet the two percent GDP? Well, good that we have von der Leyen. Huh? Good that we had von der Leyen. Germany still didn't she meet stopped, the two percent. She stepped up our. What I love about this for just like meeting the expectation that like Trump that like Germany should put some money in the military. Yeah, because oh, yeah. NATO she'll, has, she'll come up. NATO has the the <laughs> the thing. Yeah, so the two percent of your of of your GDP of in relation to GDP has to be spent on NATO. And only the U.S., which is at 3.2%, and Turkey, which is at 2.1%, if I'm not mistaken, of course, are Turkey. the only two countries that do it. So, you know, who are the real friends here? Turkey? I just yeah. love, they just reveal their, like, peak lib energy that, like, everyone is also secretly against Trump also. Nancy Pelosi is actually, like, an uh, agent on the inside doing epic clapbacks, literal clapbacks against Trump. And apparently the generals are, too, as if these people aren't just, like, uh, like the all right. First thing we have to back up and say, Trump is barely like in charge in the way the economists say. They literally take shit off his desk that he signed and throw it in the trash, and Trump forgets about it. Like we need to emphasize this. So like Trump can't like leave NATO if like the army doesn't want to do it, and I'm sure they want to do it. And Trump is just like, you know, we had to leave NATO because our generals are hotter. The, 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 the Europeans, they're not hot enough. Love okay, a, we have the hottest generals. They're jealous. <laughs> they're jealous of our generals. Like, that is how it is. And then you have that, and you have Trump, who just is saying that. And the other half of the administration are evangelicals who actually want to bring about the end of the world, so that's why they need to do the ninth invasion of Iran. And then the other half are just, like, drones who are, like, just climbing up the ladder here in D.C. This is what oh, I got to do. like, actual drones. Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they could be. Just some drones hanging out. <laughs> but, like, The Economist, like, this is our, this is where it's already going off the rails. The Economist's idea that the, this is how it works, that Trump... Have a movie like B-Movie, but it's just drones. <laughs> Well, actually, <laughs> uh, B movie, but every time a drone kills someone, it goes faster. <laughs> uh, anyway, I just get fucking mad about that. Rightfully so. And I'm just jealous that Trump gets to hang out with the hot generals. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah, All right. Keep going. Everyone likes a guy in, in uniform. We're not going to be ripped off by the world anymore. Though the Pentagon calculated it would take five years to extract every soldier, sailor, and pilot the accretion of eight decades of Pax Americana. Mr. Trump demanded that 10,000 be brought home by Thanksgiving in November. 
just classic Trump dumb should listen to the Pentagon. Whatever bullshit. I always listen to the Pentagon whenever I do anything. <laughs> and the, Econ- the economist Trump. fucking loves listening to the Pentagon. Uh, <laughs> Europeans had imagined this possibility, but the shock came at a delicate moment. Three months earlier, in January 2023, as fighting escalated in eastern Ukraine, President Vladimir Putin had announced the creation of the Federal Union of Russian and Belarus. Oh, shit! Fuck yeah! No! Push it! Bush, Mr. Putin declared <laughs> that though he had anticipated a retirement of judo uh, and fishing, yeah. he would reluctantly and by popular demand assume the presidency <laughs> of the new country. Actually, actually, that is what he does. Actually, it's, because like for a second term, he didn't run. He just like went to a factory, and like all the workers were like, "Yeah, we like this guy." And then he humbly took. The new nomination of like running for a third <laughs> So no, seriously, he does that. So I can't do a Russian accent. So imagine this isn't a Russian accent. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I want to thank Cornish Peti for inviting me to be on their podcast. <laughs> I really look forward to being the fifth mic. Russia, but my country Berriot. needs me. <laughs> sorry. Uh, I'm sorry. I was offered by Cornish Peti to become. <laughs> oh, that is a nice Russian accent. <laughs> I respect the work that you do as Russian psyops. I am so sorry. I have to decline. I am I am needed back in uh, <laughs> Russia to lead unwillingly my people. <laughs> because I really don't want to I do that. I don't want to, but, trust me. I do I, not I want to become president to, again. <laughs> I can't rest until Europe is destroyed. Well, thank you, Vladimir Putin, for coming by the corner spatey. We loved having you here. Hundreds of Russia's Armada tanks had already trundled to the Union's new western border. Yes, yes, Just yes, 200 yes, kilometers yes, yes. from Warsaw. Yeah, fucking Red Alert, like, fucking 2 over here or whatever. <laughs> you never played those games? No. Oh, Red Alert 2 is really cool and super Probably reactionary. Probably it was not in Germany. Well, Red Alert 1 as well, but it I never... sounds like something American. <laughs> yeah, so in Red Alert 2, like, you invade the United... Like, your very first campaign is that you invade the United States and destroy the Pentagon. Oh, fucking cool. Nice. <laughs> <clears throat> so it seems like a bad situation, right? No, it seems fucking cool. Keep going. Well, maybe if 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 the EU had, pro- had like the EU has properly militarized and they have a giant military in a matter of what three years, of course. So they'll be ready to defend this. Wait, do we have an EU army at that point? We're like, gonna find out. Oh, awesome. So this is like this is like a motherfucking <laughs> like. All right, so what we're getting to is like. Is this um, the utopia? They better have done an EU army. I mean, who? what kind of idiot wouldn't have made an EU I mean, army before Russia invades yeah. Belarus? If, if von der Leyen is EU commissioner, okay, so von totally der Leyen is to like, Okay, point. sorry, we have to go back to fucking normie-ass Star Wars references again. But, but this is like, von der Leyen is for like... For democracy? Yeah, literally is like already created like her fucking clone army. Oh, shit. And it's like, we, oh, hey, by the way, guys, like maybe we should make a did fucking... Did we used to be the Republic and now we're like fucking no, no, well, We don't know that yet. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and then fucking yeah so she like this is what that's getting to is that then like oh by the way like you know thank goodness that then the eu made a deal with camino to fucking make a clone army <laughs> uh, uh, the anti-deutscher the jedi i'm not reading replies <laughs> when european leaders gathered at an emergency summit in brussels days after mr trump's bomb Sorry, show, i'm tra- this is all now just going into star wars talk now so they're all oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they're all in that like big open room where they're all sitting one inch a chair, and Yoda is like disturbing. This is <laughs> whatever. <laughs> the solution seems simple enough. 
NATO's 29 remaining members, remaining members, would regroup and marshal their defenses without America. The EU had, after all, been stealing itself for this era. It had launched the European Defense Fund in 2016, which had grown from 13 billion to more than 30 billion. Permanent Structured Cooperation, PESCO, a scheme of joint arms production and defense integration, had followed in 2017. PESCO had already yielded a world-beating Euro drone, battle-tested in the Sahel. Sahel? Sorry, I don't know how to say it. Seychelles? No, the... Okay. <clears throat> Let's go through this one by one. I don't know if you ever heard the term Sahel. It's like the the uh, region like where the Sahara turns into like not desert. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, This whole yeah, strip. Yeah, yeah. I don't. Do people actually say that, or is this like an old British colonialist? Old I think British it's an old British. Co- yeah. yeah. So the 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 Economist is saying that this Euro drone has been battle tested in this region. So um, murdering innocent people. Just murdering people. like yeah. Bedouin and. Shit like <laughs> so this like, means a few things. It means a Germany's still in Mali in 2024. <laughs> I guess so the U.S. is still in Niger doing whatever the hell they're doing in Niger. And yeah, it just we're dropping. all in Djibouti for whatever reason. That's like the highest concentration of bases in the world. Weird, isn't it? Yeah. And so just just murder, just bombing weddings again and again counts as being in a battle. Yeah. Like it worked really well then. Oh, it was a nice drone. <laughs> uh, we show uh, Yulia missed this, but I showed Nick and Kieran the unveiling of the Euro drone here at Schoenfeld Airport earlier this year. Glorious. Awesome. It, I mean, it's like I mean, I'm joking. It looks like like. I don't know if you saw in the news there was this $200 million drone that was shot down by the Iranians. And yeah, then America's yeah, like, that yeah, was $200 million. And it's like, well, you oh, fucked no. up by putting $200 million in a fucking drone. <laughs> like, seriously? Like, that's a waste of money. I was getting the feeling that, like, drones have the time look like cartoon airplanes. Well, <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's just Apparently a complicated paper airplane. they're more worth airplane. than any fucking life they take uh, on. So, so just yeah, but that was $200 million. Like, what are you talking about, Yulia? <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, just you fucking strike down my drone. You strike down all my drones. <laughs> Just to summarize, if people, if it wasn't clear, we are currently in 2019, and the European Defense Fund and PESCO both do exist now. Yeah. And from the people in Europe, like the Economists, they are very giddy that this is the coming EU army that's going to be Ooh. dominated by <laughs> France or Germany. Uh, and if you're both if together. you're the hard Brexit right in the UK, this is the return of German fascism. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Apparently, I read uh, Germany's getting 21 Euro drones. That's cool. And yeah, it's a joint project between Germany, France, Italy, and Spain. Oh, that sounds like a crazy the core. All these, yeah, all these countries have really cool records. Yeah, we have like like some fascism in all of these countries. Like, okay, is it France? Like, is it northern France or is it just Vichy and South? We don't like, know. Seriously. To be sure, <laughs> this was not an EU army, but it certainly laid the groundwork for one. At a press conference after the leaders' emergency summit. Angela Merkel, president of the European Council, urged calm and pointed out that Europe's collective defense spending was more than four times that of Russia. I was imagining her saying this, just, just shaking, like, nonstop. <laughs> oh, my God, I was about to... Oh, my God, I was... Oh, I thought that joke would be too bad. Oh, oh, you went through that. <laughs> Shit. Like, I was thinking about that, and I thought, like, I can't make that joke, but... Yeah. <laughs> like this fucking high tech music Fair playing enough. in the background, and she's just like. Oh my God. Fuck you guys. Oh, do we fucking. Did we fucking just like hit a nerve? No, it's With Germans? Fuck you. How dare you disrespect my queen? You know, I don't like her. I disagree with her, but you can't make fun of her fucking shaking. No, you can. You can definitely. She's still my queen. 
Angela Merkel, Queen of <lacht> Slay of Greeks. Europe is a sleeping giant, agreed President Emmanuel Macron of France. Still out here. Still? Wait, wait, wait. So wait, he wait, fucking, wait, 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 wait. Fucking, wait uh, don't uh, they have like a, like a limit on how many times you can get? Are we in 2019? 2024. Is oh, yeah, he can't. Can he? I no, don't he know. could, yeah. It would be no, 2023, like But it's certainly, maybe he's just president, for, maybe he's the maybe third Maybe it's an emperor. idle revolution and everyone is getting like... To, I think to they just like it. didn't want to imagine a world without him. So they're just like, yeah, he'll, 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 he'll figure cute. it out. And so young. Yeah. yeah. Not well, taking. When he says Europe is our sleeping giant and, we, quote, we must realize our own strength. Like, The Economist, obviously, is writing as the European Union. So it just sounds like, uh, <laughs> I'm a sleeping giant, my wonderful boyfriend said. Like, <laughs> he, he realizes my strength. <laughs> and, you're like, we can take on Russia. We but can I like how this. they just use the quote from, what's his name, the uh, Japanese admiral during World War II that the U.S. is a sleeping giant. <laughs> like context you Again, didn't really fucking think that one over well i think they exactly thought it over because what happened after world war ii america was the empire of the world and that's what the eu wants for itself after True. being you know once they conquer the russian threat if we have an eu army to properly counter the russian threat Finally. then we will take our rightful place on top of the world as a unified europe good <laughs> hopefully no one fucks this up <clears throat> in practice things were not so simple The EU had hoped to slip effortlessly into the ready-made NATO institutions left vacant by America. That plan was, however, unexpectedly vetoed by Turkey, a member of NATO, but not the EU. Damn, I'm like, uh, I'm actually standing Turkey right now. Good job, guys. Turkey's still not a member of the EU. Turkey's relations with Europe had taken a sharp downward turn in 2022 after President (laughs) Recep Tayyip Erdogan's cancellation of elections and declaration of emergency rules. Oh, what if? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it takes till 2022 for him to do that shit. Oh, Um, as if. Seriously. So wait, Erdogan's still in power, Putin's still in power, Angela Merkel. Well, that, still that's in power? honestly the saddest thing about all of this because they can't imagine a different future. Like, yeah, imagine if you're in twenty. Like, we watched this video from twenty twelve, and they don't talk about climate change or anything. It's just like, yep, the world's just twenty nice. fifty. It's just going to be population just changes. Looks like this, but it's like but it's like today, but a little further. Like yeah. they're just simming to get further in, like, in the world. Seriously, we are already working at our As institute. Well, yeah. I, I saved the, the juiciest line for you. We, we already, like, um, going at our institute, like, reimagining, like, uh, imagining Russia after Putin. I'm imagining Russia, like, right now. <laughs> All right, ready? <clears throat> yeah. Back to Erdogan. He relished thwarting the club that had denied him entry. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Wait, so, is this actually a piece? About Turkey not being allowed to join the EU. Well, <laughs> what my read is just like every, just like the Putin invading uh, Latvia, just because he's a mean guy who wants, who hates Europe. It's such a mean. It's guy. again Erdogan. It's like Harry Potter shit. Erdogan just hates <laughs> Europe. It's like Voldemort, but and he was two just times. Spurt, one yeah. is Turkish Voldemort, the other one it's is like Russian a bad, Voldemort. It's like a bad story where it's like Erdogan was always kicked out of the club. And what did get J.K. Rowling tweet about that <laughs> in twenty? <laughs> Yeah, J.K. Rowling, uh, <laughs> Prime Minister of the UK. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> okay. Oh God, I just I don't know what to to. 
There's only one what thing. a childish view of the world you have to have as a liberal. My goodness. Like, this is the this greatest is fan paper fiction. in the this entire is liberal world. Literally, yeah, this fiction. is fucking fan this fiction. Is, yeah, seriously. If Macron and Mecca didn't have sex, okay, <laughs> that would be more interesting. <laughs> oh, but guys, it's basically guys, there's definitely Macron, Merkel fan. Oh, there is. Yeah, I don't want to Google sex. it. There's and we're going to read yeah. it live on the yeah. show. How <laughs> should we should? Like when I Googled the B movie... Week. Oh God! Yeah. <laughs> can, can we read it with the DM people? <laughs> like she wants a B, <laughs> best title ever. Uh. Uh, no, but seriously, uh, this reads like like is this supposed to be like serious journalism or something like that? No, it's The Economist. Of course, it isn't. <laughs> but it reads like a fucking fan fiction about. Like, Imagine how many like fucking people went to dinner parties after reading this and being like thought they were fucking so smart. Like, yep. oh, I saw, I saw, you know, a window into the future. Oh like, yeah, awesome. What if? Yeah, um, <laughs> these are the same people in 2015 who after. What if reading- all my fucking best friends got together and just like wanted to do cool shit in Europe? All right, like well, it's like it's also like kind of like what they criticize a lot, like this, like you know, a cult of personality, etc. And they do like exactly that. They have like Angela Merkel is still there, Putin is still there, Erdogan is still there. They're all well. Like, they don't like the last two, but they fucking like. Oh my god! Do not even get me started about every article about like. Macron from the art from from the economy. Yeah, Macron. By the way, uh, maybe might be king of Europe. Uh, Julia missed this, but they did have a what if Macron. <laughs> he all the jobs came back and everything was great in France. And there's the quote of the the Wait. the once declining banlieues are now on on the up and up. Oh, just everything is going to be great. Yeah. What but the, guys, this is a sad article. The world's going to end because we didn't have an oh. EU army. Okay. Allow me to continue. Because we didn't let Turkey join the EU. Because Turkey fucked it up. Not only yeah. Turkey, though. There are maybe... No, we fucked it up, but... There are the others, but there are subversives within Europe. Uh-oh. Oh. By the summer of 2023, after months of wrangling, EU leaders agreed to establish a new European treaty organization, building on the EU's embryonic military bodies. The learning curve was steep. Without the cocoon of NATO's bureaucracy and procedures, everyday military tasks became harder. States were reluctant to share intelligence because Russian hackers had long ago penetrated the EU's communication networks, which had been designed to carry information on fishing quotas rather than delicate war plans. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I think that's a not-too-subtle jab that the EU's just been fucking around and talking about fishing instead of doing important things like world time. domination. <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> There's supposed to be a fucking empire. <laughs> a common joke in Brussels fish. was that the EU's intelligence school in, Nicos- in Nicosia, how do you say it? run by Greece and Cyprus, Nicosia. Yeah, Nicosia, yeah. had trained more Russian spies than European ones. That actually, like, in all fairness... Could be a fact. Could definitely be true, because Greece has just, like, always had a history of just, like, kind of... Well, no, like, a lot of the people within, like, the uh, like like the Kurdish separatist movement were all trained in Greece. Seriously? Yeah, a lot of them were, yeah. Oh. Yeah. Fun fact. I'm going to skip ahead a little bit. Uh, America's gone. Britain had crashed out of the EU in acrimonious circumstances. We'll get to that. Germany was the continent's largest military spender. Uh, France agreed on the condition the ETO's military command be moved to Versailles, the site of NATO's original 1950s headquarters. Italian, Spanish, Polish, and Dutch generals were handed senior posts. Yet it was a struggle to claim leadership of a hologram, as General Sir Richard Barons, former commander of Britain's Joint Forces, noted Riley at the time. The first post-American assessment, Richard Barons, and he's actually a real person. I know he is, but Sir Richard Barons? Yeah. 
What a lame-ass sounding name. The Economist is just like, what if we had an old British person Riley note something? That's true. That happens. Good fiction. Yeah. <laughs> they do be Riley noting things. And it goes on about how, yeah, last year I could count on getting an armored division, at least two aircraft carriers, and over a dozen nuclear submarines from across the Atlantic. America, General Schmidt observed, had provided the bulk of NATO's air and missile defenses, the lion's share of intelligence and surveillance assets needed to see across the modern battlefield, most of the tankers needed to refuel warplanes, and the logistics to move everything across the continent quickly. It would, he said, take at least $300 billion to fill these holes. So the EU just needs $300 billion, and then they can have world domination and beat back Russia. I bet that they'll get that money very quickly, but they can't use money like that to then, you know... The uh, EU's estrangement from Britain deepened the problem. Britain had made up a quarter of the bloc's total military spending before its disorderly departure. Britain's Prime Minister, Jeremy Corbyn... Pimp! Yay! At least we have like some utopia in this dystopia. Had refused to sign up to the new alliance. Good. The time for such power politics was over, he declared. Um, Yeah, that's I agree. But as The Economist is framing it, is that Jeremy Corbyn could save the world from Russia, but he's, I don't know, fucking gardening or something. Uh, too busy providing for basic human welfare, uh, and he won't face reality that Russia, the Asiatic hordes, are invading us. Oh, so we're back at that topic. The oh, ETO also faced a thorny nuclear gap. I mean, that's like basically the like fear of Russia, of the hordes, like the golden horde coming back. <laughs> this time it's Europe. <laughs> The Intermediate Range Nuclear Forces Treaty, which banned mid-range American and Russian missiles, had collapsed in 2019. That did happen earlier this year. The New START Treaty, which covered longer-range missiles, crumbled in 2021, when both America and Russia refused to renew it. Russia's nuclear arsenal ballooned, including hundreds of new SSC-8 cruise missiles that could reach European capitals in minutes. America countered by placing new conventional missiles in Poland. Uh Uh-oh. Yet by the middle of May 2023, America had whisked away not only these, but also the 180 tactical nuclear bombs that had kept in Europe for decades. Their departure was announced only after the last one had left Bischel Air Base in Germany. No longer will we put New York or Los Angeles at risk of annihilation for the sake of European countries that drain our economy, declared Stephen Miller, Mr. Trump's national security advisor. Oh, hell yeah. Stephen Miller's coming up. The bombs, he said would be shifted to South Korea and Japan, an implicit reward for the trade deals they had signed with America the previous year. We're getting some real European minds that jump out here. So when you're overly reliant on America, they're going to go stab you in the back and go with their, with their new uh, squeeze, South Korea and Japan. And then Europe is just going to get taken advantage of. You hate to see it happen. Europe was torn. A growing anti-nuclear movement cheered the departure of American weapons of mass destruction. But leaders were nervous. What if Mr. Putin, now ensconced deep in Belarus, grabbed a chunk of Poland and then threatened to use nuclear weapons if ETO counterattacked? North Korea's missiles could now comfortably reach all of Europe, and Iran had also revived its nuclear program. Europe was dangerously vulnerable to nuclear blackmail. The fuck is this? Fucking psychosis. One proposal was a Euro nuke. 
The European Commission would fund half of France's nuclear weapons program in exchange for shared ownership and control. Annegret Kramp Karrenbauer, I've actually AKK. never said her full name, AKK, yeah. Mrs. Mrs. Merkel's successor as German Chancellor, was said to have praised the plan in private, but it was quickly rebuffed by Mr. Macron. The Republic's strategic deterrent he pronounces neither for sale nor rent. Blah, 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 blah. They eventually agreed to uh, include the nuclear weapons to share among Europe. Few, however, believe that even the ardently Europhile French president would really exchange Paris for Podgorica. Rumors swirled that Sweden, Poland, and others had started clandestine work toward nuclear weapons of their own. As the year turned, things came off the rails. In January 2024, Italy's parliament dramatically refused to ratify the alliance, with populist parties on left and right clubbing together. What populist party on the left? Apparently there's going to be one by 2024. Okay, cool. There has to be one because they have to have the left and the right. So let's... (laughs) I don't know if you're keeping track at home, but we need to keep a track of the list of the traitors who betrayed the wonderful European project. Okay, so we have Erdogan. Turkey, we have Corbyn. We have Trump, of course. Yeah. We have uh, left populists. We have the anti-nuclear movement. That was very subtly tossed in there, you know. Greater Turnberg is also... <laughs> yeah, Greater Turnberg. Uh, you know, we have president of Sweden. Uh, Greece and Spain followed weeks later. In Montenegro and Macedonia, coups brought to power pro-Russian governments... Boy, which, what? which probably pulled out two. Well, it is actually Macedonia and what Serbia? Montenegro. Montenegro. Ah, oh, interesting. Montenegro. Okay. France. Well, that's no surprise. So. France and Germany desperately tried to hold the ETO together. Again, the parents are trying to hold together this family. Wait, does Germany also have a coup? Miss Kramp Karrenbauer even pledged that Germany would spend 2.5% of its GDP on defense, a plan that would make it the world's third largest military powder after America and China by 2030. Even so, others began hedging their bets. The Nordic countries agreed a tight-knit defensive pact, the Kalmar Agreement, and invited Britain to join on equal terms. Poland, Hungary, Romania, and Bulgaria signed their own deal, the Metternich Pact, in February 2024. First of all, why the fuck would they call it the Metternich Pact? It's not Austria, and they don't fucking care about Metternich. (laughs) They pointed to the trouble brewing in Ukraine and Belarus. Left unsaid was their anxiety over the breakneck pace of German armament to the West. Weeks later, Italy formed its own Adriatic alliance, focused on beating back migration from North Africa. Mr. Trump's own assessment, tweeted from the third hole of the Trump International Golf Club in Florida, was curt. Europe wanted to build its own army instead of paying its dues to NATO. How did that work out for them? That's it. That's the whole article. All right. I don't know how to like fully go along with this because this is like too that much. That was the to... end of the world, if you couldn't tell. Uh, everyone's just going <laughs> to blow each other up and... <laughs> while Trump is golfing. One cool. <laughs> um, I like that level of, 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 um, you know, imagination that they had. That was that I literally, like, I, I feel like I'm like, like, yeah, I, I, it feels like you're like, like, it's so reactionary that it just seems like the beginning of a video game or something like that. Like it really, it really does. Like just that it was some really, you know, clunky written plot for a really stupid fucking video game about <laughs> how you have to like, you know, defeat Russia, whether it be like fucking Call of Duty or like you know whatever. But it 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 it's so stupid. Yeah, since the Mali uh, advertisement campaign for the Bundeswehr didn't pan out, they're gonna make this video game where you have to kill Russia. Yeah, like like. I don't I don't know any other way really like to to see it. And then they try to like 
you know, make it smart by, you know, adding people's names into it. Like, yeah. Well, they, they do that too in, in all their articles. They're just like, and then Hillary Clinton, uh, nominated so and so to be Secretary of Defense. And it's just some fucking drone in DC. Yeah. I'm like, okay. I guess that's colorful writing. Um, the thing to remember about all of this is that this is sandwiched side by side with all of these, what if women got, uh, got, <laughs> got apps or something? What if the world was run on blockchain? Like, like it's inseparable. This like yin and yang is what I was saying. Yeah. Like you have this like capitalism's great. Everything's gonna be like there are so many investment opportunities and like everything's on the up and up. And then at the same time, there's just because there is like they can't actually like address or confront the actual contradictions of capitalism. So it is like some fucking uh, French people said schizophrenia. Like at the yeah. same time, you have this, and then this Russian threat that's that's bearing down on you, and they're just right next to each other in your lovely Economist, side by side on two different pages. And I mean, it really just encompasses like their whole like that paper that 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 publication just you know mwah, perfectly because you can't. I think that the I think that the one like the realization is that then. Uh, to them is that capitalism is fine, great, perfect, and all this other kind of you – know, maybe not perfect, but you know it's the best that we got. They, they don't even say it's the best we got because there's no other option. It's just yeah, they're, the world. Because they're in this like end of history mentality It's like walking still. outside and being like, the sun sure is shining today. Yeah. Like, that's what they just say about everything. <laughs> yeah. But then also there is like – like they always like pride themselves about like being like, you know, liberal or, you know, maybe like more on like a libertarian side of things. But in the end – they just cozy right back up to the thing that props capitalism up perfectly, which is just like, you know, militarism, imperialism, you know, colonialism, whatever the fuck you want to then call it. But they're also like, that's the thing I kind of like about the economists is that they don't try to then give you this like, um, like libertarian worldview of it. Like they kind of acknowledge like, yeah, like, you know, I like this, but you know, I'll fucking die for this if I have to, <laughs> you know? So it is, it is, I think a more honest view of like the liberal world and it's not tainted by like American liberalisms. Like, you know, you gotta be a good person. Like the economist doesn't have that. Like they think that they are because they believe in markets, but all in all, like the thing that matters most to them is the preservation of markets and the preservation of them, the liberal order in quotes, you know? So, like, that's, I I don't see this type of article, you couldn't have this article come from, like, the Washington Post or, like, you know, like, 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 like an American thing, because they always have to pretend that then, like, they're one, they're anti-Trump, and two, that then, like, everything would have been so much better if, you know, Hillary was an empower and shit like this, you know? But, like... None of them even like remotely question the idea that like NATO couldn't exist or whatever, which it shouldn't. But yeah, European mindset, baby. I'm honestly exhausted. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that was that was a lot to take in. I feel like I just opened yeah the fucking um, uh, what's it called at the end of no at the end of Indiana Jones, my face melted. Oh, the Holy Grail. Yeah, no, it's the no in the first one. Oh yeah, <laughs> oh, we're, we're trying to find the Holy Grail. Where's the Lost Ark? Uh, yeah. No, but it's Ark of the Covenant. Called, yeah, exactly. All right, <laughs> just just cut all that out. Ark of the Covenant. Yeah. Do you have any final thoughts? I'm mad there wasn't any China mentioned. Yeah, I know, right? Like, what? I guess if if 
Because other articles they'll be like, China's going to take over the world. <laughs> like, it's yeah. just, like, and also if um, our warm up article was about the fact that I guess like the rev- the the invasion, the spear point, like the Belgium in World War Three is going to be Latvia and Estonia, and they just weren't even mentioned once in this other one. Yeah, it's all just whipping themselves up into a fervor about what like, was the, one that they the world's going to be exactly the same as it is now. Iran is still just getting its nuclear program again. Yeah. Ugh. Nothing's going to change. There will be no revolutions. There will be no history happening. Well, maybe, but in like countries that don't matter for you, <laughs> unless they're already like militarily in there. Uh, yeah. So yeah, that you hate, was. Uh, you hate to see it. You hate to see it. You know. Can we end with the uh, more Nazi Swedish bands again? That was a nice little Ace of Base or what? Quick, can we listen to some MC Kevin? MC Cavino or whatever it was. Cavino. <laughs> Come on. Cavino. <laughs> Cavino. He was cool. I really liked him. Oh, can we make his face the episode picture? <laughs> if you want to, you can do that. I don't fucking care. But yeah, so that was the uh, that was this week. Uh, that's everything you need to know about the EU army. Yeah. So anytime you hear anyone mention the EU army, just unless remember. it's me talking about the true EU army that is, you know, that that needs to be built. Nick just submitted his uh, own version to the Economist of the world if, and it's if we have an EU army, and it's Slovakia being the spear point to it's unify Europe sick. and invade. Russia. It's gonna be fucking sick. What if twenty twenty four was it? We're building, we're building communism in Europe. <laughs> you know, the world if. You know, that's the world I want to imagine. And tw- it's 2090, and Slovakia is the lingua franca of, of Europe. <laughs> and some podcaster, the future Nick, is going to be like, yeah, well, why would you even learn Russian? Everyone speaks Slovakian. <laughs> Russian's dumb language. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Hell yeah. Whoever you are in the future. You know. Love Slovakia. <laughs> I love you already, comrade, because, you know, you probably live in, in socialism. Or in fascist hell, but still, nonetheless, you're doing the good fight. <laughs> Whatever you're fighting for, I'm sure it's good. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that was this week, and uh, we will, uh, you know, see you, uh, I guess, next time, you know, probably, uh, you know, cry about the, you know... I'm going to stop reading depressing things. No, no, it's fine. You should keep reading them. I like them. <laughs> but I just feel like just drained and stupid after it. More yeah. stupid than I did. It's also because it got dark outside. It looks like it's gonna rain. Well, that's because you know Europe is sad, baby. But yeah, all right, bye, peace. <laughs> yeah, so go on to your theory about okay. Kevin's. Kevin. So I tried to tell yeah. Nick and Karen about this, but they didn't appreciate it. So I appreciated it, but no, I you just, appreciated it, but but I'm not German, so it, I didn't like fully appreciate exactly. it. exactly. And I'm not German, so I don't fully understand the phenomenon. So that's why I have to ask Yulia. So, Yulia, I want you... Can you explain the phenomenon of a Kevin in German society? (laughs) Yeah, Kevins are, like, mostly discriminated against um, because of their names. (laughs) Um, Like, a Kevin is a guy that is really dumb. I... There was actually a study, I think, about that. <laughs> <laughs> study of Kevin's? Also, but, that's, that's just the most German thing I've, I've heard, just a study about everything, yeah. even the name Kevin. There was a study about like teachers being biased um, because of like names that children have, and especially like a Kevin. You're not. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. And how did the red shoes figure in? I don't know, but I think that was a thing like a few years ago when everyone started to wear those like completely red shoes you know 
Like the sneakers? I, I oh, do not know. Oh, yeah. Yeah, those, the, the Kanye's yeah. thing. Yeah, what so there it? was, there were this, like, yeah, Germany shoe yeah. trends as yeah. the, uh, you know, obviously as the as the, the sneaker head of Corner Spady. <laughs> um, I liked Rob. Rob's theory, I liked that uh, Germany doesn't like red shoes because they never got onto the Easy Octobers or the, the Red Octobers. <laughs> yeah. Like that Yeah, theory. so you guys fucking stupid. Red shoes were cool, but they're no longer cool anymore. Um, but there was a weird trend of these like Nike Air Maxes. Yeah. yeah. The Air Max. Oh, the high high tops. Nineties? No, 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 no. They weren't. No, no. I have red high tops. <laughs> yeah, yours. Oh, you, you're yeah. Kevin. They're cool. <laughs> well, we're gonna get to that. I want to be a Kevin. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but yeah, no. There's this weird trend of like all these kids wearing these like red, like like yeah, just one red, color yeah, yeah. Nikes, and but, they looked like, like shit. It was just red, like all of it. Like the laces. Yeah, everything was red. And they also came in like bright orange and bright yellow too. Seriously? I would have worn those. No, but they're like... the red ones. (laughs) The bright bright orange ones went on sale because they like never sold any of them. orange and yellow ones. Seriously, I haven't seen them. Julia's going to, you know, start wearing Air Maxes. Yeah. Okay, but I didn't know this. I think like losers I, actually have some Air Maxes. I have a pair of Air Maxes. I didn't. You know the kids' version. I have. No, those are Air Force Ones. Oh. Which Air Force Ones oh, are sick? Shit. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> Confirm not. I don't hypebeast. know my sneakers. Get out of here. Yeah, they there and they look good. <laughs> I didn't understand the teacher aspect. So when I hear about Kevin's, it's sort of like the stereotype I understood was maybe like a normie, or as the Germans would say, Aussie mm-hmm. guy who's dumb and just yeah. I don't. Yeah. That that's the impression I got. Yeah, it's really weird because like Kevin's are <laughs> associated with like being dumb and shit. It's like a what I said, a Justin. <laughs> so any like, it's like yeah, I don't know, like newish American from, name. Yeah, but it especially comes from like the eastern part of Germany. It was like yeah, when the wall fall fell, <laughs> um, it was like let's give our kids. The most American name that we can find is <laughs> Justin. He's a Justin. Okay, George Washington Mula. <laughs> yeah, seriously, maybe. <laughs> Freedom is being able to name your son uh, like Brent or something. <laughs> <laughs> or Hunter. Does Hunter count? Oh, ew. <laughs> Hunter. Okay, so would you say that the Kevin is like a good person or like a rude person? <laughs> I, I'm saying. Th- there's, there's a point to all this, I promise. Yeah. Would you say that they're like. What, like, would you say that they're looked down upon as, like, sort of being, like, dumb or brutish, maybe? Yeah. Okay. Definitely. <laughs> All right. Now, here's, here's, here, the, here's the turn. Yeah. Are you, you're aware of the term Chad? Yeah. In the incel thing. The yeah. sick fucking name. Yeah. Yeah, like a cool name. Yeah. But, like, like five Kyle? to ten years ago. Chad and Kyle, yeah. Chad and Kyle. Oh, wait, wait, how does Kyle fit in? Is Kyle... Actually, I have a No, Kyle, Kyle is, like, the dude who takes, who drinks, like, too many monster energy drinks. Kyle, oh, yeah. I feel like, is, like, a Justin. Wait, yeah. it, does Mountain Dew have caffeine? Yeah, of course yeah. it does. Oh, I didn't know, because I saw, like... <laughs> 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 I saw a person, like, I always ask myself, why are people, like, drinking so much Mountain Dew if it's not, like, a fucking energy drink? Um, apparently it is. No, it's not an energy drink. Yeah, but it has caffeine. Yeah, but Mountain Dew is like Mountain Dew is like it's like gamer juice. Like gamers in Germany drink Mato, and in the US they drink Mountain Dew. Yeah, code red. I I had the the live wire, the orange one. I I thought so cool. And posting a story on Instagram, and it was like, oh, this is my youth, and it was just like a picture of Mountain Dew, and I was like, oh, that was (laughs) you. That was sad. (laughs) You know, a Kyle, a Kyle would mostly drink like. Like monsters, though, and probably get the monster logo what tattooed on him somewhere. <laughs> is, is there anyone that drinks Rockstar? Or is that just for like. 
like I don't how, know. Rockstar how, didn't take how off is as much the, like, as Monster. The energy go, like the dyma- dynamics. The energies, like, man. Whoa. <laughs> no, like, because I know Mountain Dew. I know like Dew. <laughs> um, what's the other shit? Monster. Yeah. And what's with Rockstar? Is that like like loser gamer kids? Like more loser. If they are more loser than the people that drink Monster, are they actually less? They're actually cooler losers than. because it. That is complicated. <laughs> it is complicated. Yeah. M- Mountain Dew is definitely a soda, and it's what you drink in very large quantities. Oh. Whereas Monster or yeah. Rockstar, at least from my understanding, is what you pick up at the gas station, <laughs> oh. on the in your car, or maybe you take a couple home. All right. Or, or you get the fucking massive can that they sold, the BFC. I figured the out big the big fucking can. <laughs> I don't know about that. You never saw that? No. It was like this big. Wait, what? But oh. if you just get your Mountain Dew in like a double gulp from yeah. from 7-Eleven, that's <laughs> bigger. You're cool. So Chad yeah. is a term in the incels. And a Chad, I think you could fairly say, is an object of uh, envy for the incels, right? Because the Chad gets all of the girls. <laughs> Does right? he? Well, like, no, I mean, in the incel paradigm, right? The Chad is like <laughs> right. having yeah. sex with all the stations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the incels don't. <clears throat> but maybe... I'm dumb. Maybe this is completely wrong. I feel like five, more like 10 years ago, maybe five years ago, I saw it on Reddit a lot. But a Chad was just like a Kevin. <laughs> like the Chad was like a dumb person who was like yeah. rude or something. Like, I don't know, would like be obnoxious. Like the guy in, uh, I don't know where I was going. Something <laughs> like, you know what I mean? And so then yeah. it makes me think that the Chad then, like the Kevin now in Germany, because as we know, German. These kind of like um, cultural things. They take that, some time to get take, over yeah, here. Yeah, they take some time to develop. And like, I feel like all the Kevin hate is a little bit of like sublimated inceldom among the Germans. And that in five years, when conditions develop and it's just more of a fascist society and more like <laughs> the US, <laughs> they'll fun. just be openly like, those Kevins are having all the sex with all the, I don't know, fucking Lauras or whatever <laughs> the equivalent would be. <laughs> all <laughs> and the Lauras. I, I hate them, you know? I, I really think there's a connection <laughs> between this. I, I, uh, I, I believe you. I think that that's a good theory. 